0: Oh ho oh, oh. ho!
1: Fan questions, fan questions, Frank. That is what this episode of Phone Booth Fighting is going to be all about. Uh, as we knock this one out guerrilla style, we are uh, at Stately Mayor Manor, yep. where uh, Frank is uh, due to hit the road tomorrow, so we're taping a day earlier than we normally do, and uh, we're, we're taping inside the uh, secure confines of the the mere household in what uh, looks like if you're watching on our phone booth fighting YouTube channel, that maybe we're at a a banquet table in a a conference room, but it's the, uh, it's the uh, dining room here at Frank's house. And so uh, the studio, there was some work being done over there the last couple of days. And uh, with Frank's travel schedule, we figured, you know what, we'll record a day early, we'll get together, keeps us consistent, and we'll just uh, break out the mobile rig. So that's uh, what we're doing. Before we get to fan questions, which we've got a ton of, we uh, put the call out for those earlier today, and you guys uh, responded in droves. So we're going to get to a bunch of these. Let's get a little business out of the way, Frank. First of all, Uh, the Amazon banner on the front of phoneboothfighting.com. What do I need to know about that?
2: We haven't talked about that in a little bit. (laughs)
0: Mm -mm.
1: It's
2: your cue. Uh, One of the easiest ways to help us out here at the show, uh, go on on phoneboothfighting.com. We have an Amazon banner on the webpage. By clicking on that, it will portal you through to uh, Amazon. And at that moment, any of your purchases that you you, uh, incur uh, will actually come back to us at a small percentage, at no extra cost to you.
1: That's right. Helps to support the show. Doesn't cost you any more. And uh, we get a look at if, if we're sticking it to anybody, we're just sticking it to Amazon, yeah. which always feels good.
2: Big corporations. That's right.
1: Fight the man. Fight the man. And uh, support your favorite podcast. Uh, also, official show merchandise is available at phoneboothfighting.com in the store. So be sure to check uh, check all that out. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of ways to, to uh, support what we do here and uh, keep this going on a weekly basis all right frank uh also we gotta let uh uh fans of you and fans of the podcast know uh that this week saturday is is it saturday that you're making your pro wrestling debut no, what day is it officially? oh boy we better make sure we don't show up too late i'm getting there, all right joe got it all don't show up and say i thought it was saturday when uh it was actually Friday night. You know
2: how like you have dreams that you like miss school. And stuff? Yes, I have had dreams
1: mm-hmm. where
2: I'm at home and they're like, "Dude, you're up in five minutes to go fight." Mm-hmm. And, like I'm trying to rush to get to the arena.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what mine is? Uh, mine is whenever I am hosting.
2: Oh yeah, no. See, it's Thursday. My grappling match.
1: Okay, uh, it's fight. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So Bloodsport
2: matches on Thursday. Okay, and then I'll be doing some autograph signing and stuff at the expo because they have a big. It's WrestleMania week. Yes, weekend or whatever they call it.
1: Now this is taking place in New York or is it New I Jersey? Think like New Jersey. Okay, um, this is Josh Barnett's yeah, uh, Bloodsport um, with Josh Barnett, former opponent of Jersey yours. Jersey City. Okay, Jersey City, New Jersey. Now is WrestleMania in New York this time? Or is that what's going on? You ask me questions. I know. I I know. I'll look it up real quick. Talk to
2: me about choking people, dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do know that. uh, I do know WrestleMania is uh, this weekend, and uh, I know that. uh, Oh god. Okay, hold on. I'll figure this out in a second. Where it is, but uh, I, this is—I know that WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. This is a big deal in the I, world I, of pro I, wrestling. We're talking, just, just look up, though. Just look up WrestleMania real quick. Tell me where it is, because they—they always have it in a big stadium every year. But uh, sometimes it's like in Miami and Orlando, and then sometimes it's on the East Coast, and I think it moves around year to year. So, uh, the point being that obviously, uh, Josh Barnett wanted to put on a big wrestling show in the days leading up to. It'll
2: be at. MetLife Stadium in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. That
1: explains it. Okay, so with that going down Sunday, uh, wrestling fans come in and they're there for the whole week and they're looking for other stuff to do, and this is going to be a great thing for them to go out and see on a Thursday night, Josh Barnett's uh, Bloodsport. Now, for those who uh, are not in attendance, they can stream it on Fight TV. Uh, It's going to be available there. That much I knew. Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm going to be watching it but uh you let's just a little bit about what you know so far about this uh this pro wrestling endeavor because Uh, Josh Barnett is putting the card on, but he's matched you up with UFC Hall of Famer Dan Severin. Yeah. Okay. And Dan has pro wrestling experience. When I worked in pro wrestling, Dan was already out of the UFC, and he would come through from time to time and wrestle in our little uh, NWA promotion because he was the the champion there. So that's a guy who knows some things about the world of pro wrestling. And – our, uh, our mutual friend, noted uh, pro wrestling superstar and fellow vegan Austin Aries yes. has been helping you out, right?
2: We've been working on some stuff. Yeah, okay. Austin's uh, very knowledgeable in the sport. And then uh, uh, his advice is probably a little bit better than Josh's or maybe Josh's is the better advice. I remember Josh came out here and we were training together and uh, I asked him like, so, hey, so w- what do I do? He goes, you know what we're doing right now? I'm like, yeah, He goes, just do that. I'm like, oh, just just go. He says, yeah, just go. I was it cool? Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, does it feel natural? Yeah, just fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, listen, I have always said that I because in the last couple of years of uh, maybe more, but certainly the last few years, pro wrestling, MMA has definitely had an influence on it because yeah, you've seen guys you know cross over one way, like Brock Lesnar from wrestling to uh, to MMA. Ronda Rousey, the other way from MMA to pro wrestling. She's, in fact, she's in the main event this uh, year at WrestleMania. Oh, cool. Yeah. But I've always thought, you know, okay, obviously Ronda is going to do an arm bar in WWE, but she's not going to actually snap anybody's arm. But I've always thought, not necessarily with her, but with other performers that I've seen, you know, you could do these jujitsu moves and make them look realistic. Just don't squeeze. That's a, that's the deal. Like, don't squeeze as hard as you can. Because it's, it's interesting to me the number of times I will see somebody in pro wrestling simulate their version of a jiu-jitsu move, but it's wrongly applied. You know what I mean? Where you're just looking at it going, that's not... It doesn't work that way, and I think with more and more fans becoming educated, yeah. there needs to be attention to that. You know, even though the the outcome is yeah, well, this is one thing I bring to the table is yeah. that
2: obviously I know how to do the move for real right. and apply it properly. So there's going to be no uh, you know no dicey uh, bullshit in that area. And then, uh, you know, it really is interesting to me because, you know, uh, I think this is definitely a a good shoe in or, you know, first step because it is essentially just MMA, Mm -hmm. you know, not a full-blown, we won't even be in a ring. So, in fact, uh, with Austin, I was working on some of the ring understanding of how to, you know, from rope to rope, you know, uh, buckle to buckle and some of the technique. And and actually, I was picking it up pretty quick just because so much of it is just body awareness. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I've been a a lifetime martial artist, you know, tumbling, I mean, and and, and rolling and, and doing cartwheels and uh, so that stuff I picked up pretty easy and, um, uh, and, and really I'm eager to learn all that stuff not just you know I think some guys and that's I think the mistake a lot of guys make and, and I, I've learned not to make that like I remember when I first really delved into boxing I was like hey uh, I don't want to be like all the other grapplers who just want to learn enough about boxing, how to beat it. You know what I mean? Like, how can I beat it in a fight? Like, no, no, no. I'll come in here, I'll wear the boxing shoes, I'm going to become a boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of guys don't do that. You know, so many guys will come in the gym and want to learn jujitsu, and they're like, J- I don't want to learn jiu I just mm-hmm. want you to show me a few tricks or the basic concepts, you know, to be able to avoid it. I'm all, you know, the easiest way to avoid it is to understand how to do it. And then mm-hmm. you can avoid it in the fight if you want to. It's going to be a tool in the back of your pocket. Uh, and so with the pro wrestling stuff, um, I'm actually wanting to learn how to do it. Plus, two, I mean, uh, it isn't like I got a lot of competition. I mean, most of the guys that are good pro wrestlers uh, have great, you know, character. They're not real fighters. Mm-hmm. They're really pussies in real life. And then you have guys that are really tough, like say, like a Kane Velasquez who can go with pro wrestling. But has zero fucking personality. (laughs) Like, -hmm. who wants to hear him talk? Mm
0: -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And
2: so I think I have the advantage of 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 being decently. You know, I've got a couple world titles under me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could fight, Mm -hmm. and then uh, you know, and I'm not too bad at talking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you. Well, and the nice thing is too, you've kind of got a built-in character, which is yourself. You know, you don't have to craft something. Uh, No. Hey, Austin. uh, Speaking of Austin. Here comes come, Austin come on, Aries. We were speak of the pro wrestling devil. We were just oh, We can't hook
2: up three mics. So were just talking about. You know, it.
1: you know what? I don't have it. that's okay. Just, just bring him over here for yeah. a second. Yep. Okay. Come, on in, man. come on, Come over on over here. Camera. No, you you stay there, Frank. Wait. Oh, you have to move? No, just the Oh, okay. And then we'll put him there. you go. Okay. There we go. We got a little a little uh, spontaneous uh, reconfiguration here. All right, let me make sure I got him in the camera shot. Come on over closer, Austin. Keep on coming over a <laughs> little closer, a little closer. There we go. Can see
2: already sticking around with
1: me. Now. All right, all right. Here's uh, here's Austin. Now you guys are gonna have to share the mic. So when he starts talking, oh, point is. the mic toward there him. There we go. There we go. All right, Austin. We're uh, we're Where actually are we? well, uh, well, We're at Stately Mirror Manor. We're. Uh, 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 streaming on our uh, phone booth fighting youtube page and uh, of course uh, the podcast is available wherever you podcast itunes and otherwise Mm. we were just uh, talking about frank's pro wrestling uh, debut this weekend the fact he's been training with you and all that so give me a little uh, give me a little scouting report on what you see with frank Mir, not the two-time ufc heavyweight champion but frank Mir, the the debutante pro Mm. wrestler
3: so the cat's out of the bag huh frank well, yeah, I started
2: talking about it already.
1: Yeah. Rant, yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. What? Uh, how's he doing? What are you seeing? In the
3: end. Yeah.
2: Boy, oh, I wasn't boy. telling no, what no, secret you were teaching. No, know,
3: no, no. I know. I know. Uh, this is gonna be
2: interesting. It's, you know, yeah. uh, on one side, note, One thing I really love about so far learning about it is that it's not what I expected it to mm-hmm. be. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, I really was thinking, oh, you're like a stuntman on a live TV set. I think that's mm-hmm. the expression I actually right. used, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Not that I can talk too much more about it, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. (laughs) There's so much more to it Mm -hmm. than that.
1: Oh, do you teaching him? Like, are you? T- is he is he learning to protect the business? Are we in that point already? I'm, that's how I was brought into the yeah. business. And I know yeah. we got a lot
3: of parody pro wrestlers out there right now. Yeah, a lot of cosplay pro wrestling. Yeah, you know the, the winking at people, and that's yeah. cool. Like, you know, listen, you know, but but I was brought in to kind of protect the industry and the magic. I think we used to go. kind of like magic. It's yeah, like, it is magic. It, yeah, it really it is. It, at its best, yeah, and it I mean, is. That's what I yeah. actually said. It was. It was more like street magic. Where right. here
2: you're doing something in front of people from all different angles. And And everybody wants to figure it out, and your job is to make sure it's not. And and I think that's actually pretty cool, bringing back an element of like, hey – this should be considered more intensely, more Mm -hmm. intense, more dramatic. I think, I mean, who the fuck goes to a movie and watches the movie and go, yeah, it's the stunt guy doing that. Oh, I know how they, that's a rig. Like, you want to get lost in, you want to get buy into it. And I think too many of the guys now in pro wrestling of the parody of it, I think, like, talking to Austin, I look at it and go, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who goes, see the fucking rope. And it's like, no, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you came here to be entertained by, you know, a a war, and let's make it, you know,
3: truly – you know, mm-hmm. A point I brought up to Frank uh, was: I, I recently went and saw some some training, in a couple of different schools. You know, and obviously I get to travel a lot, and so I uh-huh. see. You know, I go to schools and, and kind of see what they're doing. And when I realized, I told him like Listen, I'm, I'm not I'm not some aficionado or some some you know shooter or whatever. But when I was taught, I was taught how to actually apply the real holds, mm-hmm. and then the magic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but so you know, a wrist lock, a hammer lock, you know, an, an arm bar, like these are all legitimate things. Even a collar and elbow, so, so, the most basic of, of grappling things, is a real technique. Mm-hmm. That when I'm going and watching these schools now, they're not, they're, none of these kids know how to actually do the actual move. They're mm-hmm. just learning the parody of the mm-hmm. of, of which grappling. actually brings up what Richard was talking
2: about just before you got here. We were talking about that. He goes you see so many guys now that do the move. And now because people are so much more because of MMA understand submission holds, mm-hmm. he goes, you look at it and go,
3: oh, that's not how it works. That doesn't move works at all. Sure. Because the guy is so sloppy at the application. Well, and then how is, if, if we're trying, you know, if you've never actually been in a fight real or, you know, in, in a, you know, combative you know, sport mm-hmm. setting, how, how can you then sell the realism of that? How, you know, and, and yeah. so it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting place that wrestling's in right now. Um, to go back to your original question, without giving away oh, too much. Yeah. So you're saying that if you're gonna
2: do soft core, you have to at least not be a virgin.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I had one time some guy was he was preaching me so, you know, marijuana. He's just going off. He's up on this really high soapbox on marijuana, uh-huh. just how bad it was. it was back in college, you know. And I just, you know, and I've, you know, and my. I said, well, what's what are you basing this on, man? He's like, it's just to ruin your life, and, and people get lazy and this ruins their life. I was like, okay, well. well well, my friend, has "You ever smoked? He said, well, no, I've no. But my friend, you know, he didn't ruin his life. I was like, wait a second. You never, you've never done this. And you, but you're here to tell me how bad it is. is that, that's like a virgin telling me, like, how terrible sex is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, know you can't have sex. It, it ruins mm-hmm. your life. It, uh, anyway. How
1: long did you work with Frank before you realized it's easiest to communicate with him in porn analogies? Was it, like, one hour Oh, in? well, we actually started that, I think, just at the gym before oh, we well, got then, in the ring. Then yeah. Then you're, yeah uh,
2: a yeah, lot you're of right. homosexual jokes, pornography. Yeah,
1: which, you know,
3: back in the day you could get away with because it was jokes. And there was no actual, like, real intent behind it. But now, because it's everything's in a tweet and we... Right. We, we now uh, consume things to react and respond, not to comprehend or put any context behind it. So, yeah,
1: Frank, Frank actually hashtagged you with me too, right before you got here. So Like me? A, like, hashtag like you? Me? Yeah, like, I mean, there's a oh, whole okay. scandal now that gotcha. he's about. Like, you know, yeah. the only
2: way I'm allowed to release a tweet is first I show it to my wife. Yeah. And then I show it to Richard. If I get the approval from both of them, <laughs> right, can go through Right, right. But usually it gets shut down at one or the other. Yeah. Like, ah.
1: it's, like, it's like the redundancy safety on an aircraft. You it's know, it. it's like, no, there's two things that have to be unlocked before anything yeah. could go terribly wrong. If there's
3: one thing I would put in, like, a Brinks safe, it yeah. would be all my drafts of my tweets that I knew mm-hmm. I couldn't put out yeah, publicly. Right. right. Like, yeah, cause that's yeah. mine. like, everything is always oh, not really active on Twitter. Actually, yeah. I'm very active, but they're all safe tweets. Cause if I actually put these things out. Like, yeah. it, like, I would be the most talked about thing. WrestleMania week. Yeah. And I wouldn't be there just because I put a snapshot of my drafts that I couldn't say. Yes. You yes. know, especially with some of the stuff that's going on right now. Were uh, you yeah.
1: surprised at all with, uh, with, with Frank's mobility and athleticism? Cause I'll tell you, the thing that I always uh, uh, resent about being with him in, uh, in uh, like, Drysdale's jiu-jitsu class is that this this heavyweight giant can do a cartwheel and this normal size guy can't. Mm. I try, mm. but it looks so sad. And, it, you know, he can do things that a lot of larger people would have a hard time doing. Sure. So,
3: surprise it, – not, it's not surprised because, I mean, the, you don't get to the level that he's been yeah. to without being a high-level athlete. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen him fight, and so – the thing is, we're we're both around the same age with uh, considerable wear and tear. So I see how we walk around, like in the gym, lift in between sets. Mm. But again, being a competitor, when you get in the the arena or you get in the ring or the the octagon, you you flip the switch, and then it's you know, again like Kurt Angle's the the. the for a guy I worked with the epitome of it Olympic yeah. gold medalist when he's walking on the back it's like he's like taped together and he walks out there and he's as good as he's ever been mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and so yeah so when he got in there just see how fluid he was and, and he is light on his feet for a gold medal with a broken neck a broken freaking neck <laughs> yeah that yeah, dude's fucking yeah. probably
2: one of the toughest human beings I've ever
3: heard. yeah one of the few like one of the few times I've you know been in a ring and like legitimately like intimidated not in a bad way like I thought no, but just like, a legitimate like if he had
2: gone into MMA he'd have been a world
3: champion right he's, I mean he's, he's just no doubt in my legit. mind legit and, but he, and such an entertaining guy too. Then that's why he was so good at what he did. Uh, but no, uh, I, listen, I expected him to be able to pick it up quick because of his background. But he picked it up really quick. Like, mm-hmm. but again, there's a translation between a lot of the techniques he's done and a lot, a lot of the stuff that we're we're gonna do. And then again with wrestling. Let's stick to what he knows. We don't need to reinvent Frank Mir. Yeah. Do you-
2: well, talk about that. I think that's also, if I had gotten somebody that wanted to coach me who didn't understand the real submission moves, I probably would have went that route. Like, hey, I need to find someone who's like a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, wrestled in high school at least, and knows how to pro wrestle. Whereas immediately right off the bat, like uh, uh, Austin stuck me in a Kimura, you know, he got hammer on mm-hmm. He switches around and goes, okay, this is how you do it. But this is, how, he goes, but we're going to grab here instead to give more range of motion so I can play and you could do, it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So like immediately grabbed me the correct way and showed me. So my brain can go, okay, so this is what I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. These slight adjustments for this, or for this situation, for that. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like the, he communicated in a way that I can understand that language. Mm-hmm. If it just had been complete showmanship, I, I don't understand that. It has to be first show me. okay. Okay, because he understands the fight move. Okay, what are we trying to replicate? This move. And, okay, but change A, B, or C with it. Okay, or, or I'll actually keep everything the same, but just change maybe the angle or the intent. Even throwing the strikes, he throws. Like in fact, it actually threw my brain off. When he threw a punch <laughs> at me, he put his whole body and hip behind it, and I I freaked out for a second because my brain goes, "Oh shit, right hand!" You know what I mean? Like a real shot's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I <laughs> mean? And then when I, he hit me with, it, I'm like, "Oh wow." That's what I made it so cool to me—the realism. I'm like that guy just generated enough energy that would have rocked me, but didn't take my head off. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Now this is more the there stately mirror manner I'm accustomed there to. I got to tell you, when I came in, it was deathly quiet in here, and I didn't—I thought I was in the wrong house for a second. Yeah. yeah. And it's good. It
3: was too early. Come here real fast. Nice. Yeah. Uh-oh. So we well, comes, uh oh.
1: Here comes Ronan. Now this is uh, this is uh, shoulder pad Ronan yeah, version here we got point. there. Hey Ronan, how are you? I haven't Hi, seen dude. you in a while. Been? He's locked good, good. A player, man. oh yeah oh yeah did you did you just come from football practice Has anybody
2: caught a pass against you yet
1: no no oh that's excellent <laughs> would you say so so what position are you playing now Cornerback. oh so that's like you're like the deon sanders yes, of exactly. the team how's that for that some was, limited for you, football awesome. knowledge
0: yeah yeah right
1: that's where you just shut down the entire side yeah, of the no, field not, right and everybody has to throw like the other side
2: some fucking obscure singer that you know yeah. well i guess Deion's yeah, not obscure but the first fact yeah. you knew
0: yeah
1: well, uh, well, that that's, uh, that's great. So you had a, had a, uh, a good practice. Another and Cage is behind you. Now, whatever is going on with Cage's hair, I'm liking. He's got the mane, uh, dude. He's yeah. a lion.
0: You know, that's yeah. the lion's mane.
2: Yeah,
1: this is, this is coming into his own cage here, whatever's happening with that. That looks good. Keep <laughs> that. Up. Stick with that look. That's a good look for you. All right. Well, good that's to see you guys. Glad it was a successful practice, football practice. That's uh, something i never right. hardly experienced, uh, Austin. I uh, I played uh, uh, just a, a few weeks of football and uh, decided the guitar was more for me. You were so, a smart man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my dad didn't understand it at the time. as, as more tricks that way, dude, the guitar, well, man. Here's the funny thing. I, I actually had this conversation with my dad who was so distraught that I was quitting the football team, you know, and his his Hail Mary, the one that he, he – when he just had tried everything else to try to keep me playing football, he looked at me and he goes, but – Listen, son, he goes. You're gonna want to get girls, okay? And it's gonna be important. To play football, and I remember having the 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 wherewithal and the insight to look at him, even in you know ninth grade, and go, Dan, I'm quitting football to focus more time on my band. It's gonna, right. be – trust me, it'll be fine. Your band, and it was. Girls work themselves it worked fine. out just yeah. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So That's anyway, actually, as
2: a father, one thing I'm kind of glad about that with my two boys, I don't have to worry about, is I was really. <laughs> You know, very insecure and so girl motivated when I was young. And like, And probably just because of all the, you know, therapy and counseling, just that, you know, couples go through and learning more about being a human being, being a man. Yeah. Um, My my boys are not, that's not the focal point of their, the the existence. And at that age, that was all I cared about. To a distraction. Sure, sure. And actually, Austin and I were having this conversation where he now has gotten, you know, you say you're there now. I'm sitting there going, damn, man, how many great men are fucked up because you are chasing tail yeah and it messes it, us it, up and it, i really like had yeah. all these ideas yeah. like really atrocious ones i can't even talk about on air on how to keep <laughs> my boys from falling into that pitfall and, and and then now i'm just sitting there going shit man it's kind of a breath of fresh air that maybe because both of the parents are still married i don't know what you know, you know, their mom and I have a great relationship and they see that and they don't I don't know, like the value of women is really good. And right. it's actually just less stress for me. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, not that you ever put your guard down. But, man, I really I mean, I have the nuclear arsenal. I really thought that was going to be something that was going to trip my boys up.
3: I, I, I think part of it, they're getting validation places they need it. Yeah, like at home. Like I said, not so, being so insecure. Right? But, yeah, because because if when you don't, then you're going to go seek it out. The most natural place versus humans is going to be from from that. You're right. You yeah. know? There's not
1: a lot of overcompensating that has to happen when everything is on a on an even sure. keel. Yeah, huh. yeah. I was just having this conversation with uh, someone oh, this right. uh, this week about. Well, actually, it was in the dressing room at the the comedy club. Actually, we were talking about it because we were talking about. The the, one of the one of the comics was talking about essentially what we were just saying, like, you know, you he was saying that uh, his girlfriend and him had been fighting a lot. So he booked like three weeks on the road and now they're missing each other. So it kind of helped to, you know, create a little distance or whatever. There is that to it. I mean, sometimes
2: like when I travel and I travel so much. I know Mrs. Muir hates it when I leave, but you know, being gone for a couple days, when I first get back, then all of a sudden, like the quality of time that we want to spend with each other is better. And because you know, my wife is just, you know, I mean, she has an important job; she's the mom and the homemaker. So, I mean, her job kind of sucks, really, honestly. I would never want to switch places with her. I don't want to let her know that because then she'll like Like, ask for even more money. I don't know, but but like, their job's never over with. So there's that, you know. But she's always home with me, you know, or, or running errands. And then my job, I only work for a few hours here and there, so. We're always around each other, but I think sometimes people forget like that constant. Like, all right, we're side by side, hip to hip. Uh, you know, like, hey, we haven't really talked to each other today. I'm like, yeah, but I've been with you all fucking day. Whereas, like, you know, like when you hang out with your friend you haven't seen, like, you know, I go talk to Austin. We go to the gym together, right? For the hour and a half, we don't shut up because. But I'm right. sure that if we hung out for two months straight, it'd be like,
3: what's up? What's up with roommates? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I've had relationships, and then now recently, since, in, in, you know, back in Vegas, you have some roommates, and after not having that for a while, especially when you're older. How are you gonna how are you gonna handle that? Yeah, you know, and and I think part of it is yeah. At first you're hanging out, and you're doing it, and then you settle in. And, and like you said, when you're around each other that much, you're not always communicating. Yeah, so your
2: buddy the three weeks I think it's a good idea because then when he comes yeah. back, they'll really love each yeah. other more. Yeah.
1: You know where the road threw me off was you know I basically from my late teens into my mid twenties lived on the road like you know 250 sometimes close to 300 days mm. a year, and where it threw me off was. I actually, I have, even back then I had a real romantic side but what would happen is you would meet the girl but you were never there long enough for the bad part to kick in. Like, you know, you're it was only... A
2: honeymoon. Phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And
1: then by the time that was about to be over, gotta go. You're on to the next place, right? <laughs> and I remember when that ended, it was such a shock for me because like the first girlfriend that I had after that, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks were into it and I'm like, this is weird, we're still in the same place. Like, I, yeah. you know, and then it's it's getting to be, like, real life. And then, you know, strange, like, this totally, uh, this is just to amuse you with a, with a story, um, but uh, I, I just noticed the other day, on Facebook that my band's old road manager had passed away a few years ago. I hadn't stayed in touch with him. He was an older guy, but anyway. But he, you know, the road managers back in the day used to do – anybody who's seen like Molly Cruz, The Dirt, that just came out on Netflix, like they had crazy jobs. And I remember like this was my idea of an early relationship. I had a girlfriend who – and I say girlfriend. It wasn't like a committed thing, but she was psycho, so it was. You know what I mean? It was was in her mind, so that meant It was. And we were on the road. We start a tour in Roanoke, Virginia, right? She decides after 48 hours that she should just drive by herself straight from Dallas to Roanoke, Virginia, mm-hmm. and just start following the bus on tour because she just didn't want the, the separation. So uh, this, this fellow, Stanley, that passed away, I remember him, this is the very young version of me, but I remember him coming on the bus and saying, "You know, Richard, your girlfriend is she drove all of Dallas to here, or whatever, and so I had this other girl that was on the bus. Oh, there was a trap door in the back of the bus that dropped down into one of the luggage bays he The kids aren't around, aren't they? I feel a responsibility here he um he gets the girl out of my bunk, he pops the hatch on the luggage bay, drops her down the chute. With seconds to spare, as the psycho girl is coming on the front of the bus, and she goes out the back and into a car. Yeah, yeah, and let me just explain uh, so that I my sterling reputation stays intact. This was not a violation of trust. I was not telling that psycho girl that you know this right, right. was no this was all in her head but that's that was an yeah, early lesson I learned that's all it took you know what I'm saying like it was yeah
2: because yeah, if I ever were to do something I shouldn't do I got to be honest I'm never telling you
1: yeah <laughs> 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 let's just be honest
2: <laughs> Richards <like> a, <laughs> Frank didn't like the disapproving look yeah no. yeah,
1: yeah yeah this whole
2: integrity and honor thing you know but I'm not embarrassing real fast that's yeah. why I always laugh and look i work at the clubs i see guys do it all the time right you either gonna be married or you're not right because it's like having a roommate right you're either a person that can live with somebody else or you're a person who can't right
0: mm-hmm.
2: whatever roommate you have with you now some are better than others some are you know it could be a little worse but they're all gonna have a run their gambit of issues right and they're all gonna have some perks mm-hmm. uh But that's how it is being married. I think like no matter what, when you're married to another human being, it's like a roommate, right? Obviously, (laughs) more intimate version. Um, There are going to be problems that you run into you don't like, but you got to work through them, right? What I've always laughed about is when guys get a divorce from their girl and they want to meet a new girl and they're like, oh, it's great. I'm all, you've known the bitch for six weeks. Of course it's great. You're in the honeymoon phase. Wait till she's fucking doing your laundry and fucking cleaning up the dish that you left in the fucking sink. Then tell me how great she is. You know what I mean? Like, Right? Like, so many guys, like, so, like, to me, like, if you divorce, I get it. You want to, hey, you tried marriage. It didn't work out for you. Now you're going to be single. You're just fucking going to, you know, hey, I'm going to roam around, date a couple girls, keep it at arm's length, but I don't want to ever live with somebody and answer to somebody again. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. There's times, I mean, look, even me as married, I'm like, man, it'd be nice just to fucking, if right now we're like, hey, let's all go get a beer. I couldn't imagine what it's like to get up and just actually go get a beer. Like, I got to go, hey, you know, let me run by you. You know what I mean? Like, I have a checks and balances, just vice versa. My wife can't just sit there and go, I'm going to go fucking shopping right now. Like You got to ask me. We're going to talk about this first, right? So, but when guys sit there and go, I don't want to be married to her anymore. But I'm going to marry her. You know, they, they cheat on their wife and they marry the new girl. I'm just like. Dude, you're a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? You either like marriage and you're going to work on it, Mm -hmm. or you don't. You know what I mean? This whole, like, oh, she's so great. I'm all, sure she's great. You see her for a fucking hour once a week. You know what I
3: mean? Like, trust me, if you only saw your wife for an hour once a week, you would see her best foot forward, too.
1: Yeah, there's no time to to fight them. Like,
3: you know, I dated a girl's long-distance relationship for the first six months. We never argued. Yeah, it was beautiful, right? right? You know, but it's kind of the same deal. And you don't compare like when when, when something falls apart after ten years, and how that relationship is there, and then in the first ten weeks of the new one, go see this is so much better. Well, like you said, yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. get back to me in ten years. Mm -hmm. Well, that's
2: why I always say to tell guys when I've I've had friends that have done that, got divorced, and married the new girl because they had issues with the old girl. Uh, Have you ever met anybody that meets a different girl? that actually all of a sudden goes, all the issues I had from before are actually gone. No, they it's just like, start no.
1: replicating them. It's just the same yeah. fucking
2: issues you had. You either yeah. don't like to be married, I mean, or you're willing to work through it, or you're not, you know what
3: I mean? Yeah. And also, by the time most people get back in that new relationship, have they fixed all the... Problems they had yeah, that one that one ruined one, their right, relationship right, right. to begin with, right? Yeah, a lot we, of we, times we don't take just the
1: time cycling back through them. I wanted to ask you, Austin, uh because uh we were talking about Frank's uh pro wrestling debut yeah. this weekend. Now this is on WrestleMania weekend, yeah. And I did you did you work a WrestleMania? Yeah, okay. Orlando thirty three. Okay. I I went to a WrestleMania in Orlando. I think it was probably like twenty five, maybe something okay. like that, a few years prior. But seeing I mean, as big of a spectacle as it looks like on TV, mm-hmm. seeing it live, it takes over a town. Yeah. And it's a week long event. That's why I was telling Frank, yeah. this is so great that his event is a couple of nights prior, because exactly. it's not like people just come in the day of. No, they're they, in there, right? They're now, there probably. like a whole week yeah. looking for stuff to do, and they're going to the convention part of it and everything. Yeah.
2: Quick pause. Yeah. Hold on. My wife got this for you.
1: For um, me? Well, oh, nice. thank it's like
2: you. A, like the movie. equivalent of what this is, where I keep my water ice cold yeah, all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much. Nice. You know, it's, it's not even uh, my birthday or anything. Wow, that's so kind of you. Thanks, Mrs. Talk mirror you, you know that whole thing I said where if I ever did nothing wrong, I would definitely not tell you? Yeah. That's why she loves you, because oh. you're that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, what? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, no, Mrs. Mrs. Meir called me with some fantastic news today. Sorry, we're all over the map. I'm going to get back to WrestleMania in a good. second. But um, we may as well since uh, that's, that's my brain. Mrs. Meir just made a cameo there. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, for everybody who is a regular listener to the podcast that knows how much uh, the the Muir family and the Hunter family loves Disneyland, June 1st, we're going back to Disneyland as the two-family unit and uh that's going to be exciting cuz it's going to be the opening weekend of Star Wars Land so uh when you when you go with Frank you get to do the VIP tour, which means they just take you and put you right on the ride. You don't have to wait in the lines or anything, which I think is going to be key, Frank, because they say this Star Wars thing is just going to be uh, – it's going to be like Calcutta. That's going to be insane. With, yeah, so uh, with the lines and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, I thought about something, uh, Frank, because Austin, Frank and I joke about how at Disneyland there are um, – you can do these VIP tours where, you know, anybody can do those. You rent, you hire a tour guide and you search set of hours and then they'll take you around and you get to go get right in the fast pass line, which is like the short version of the line. But, if you're someone who will create a distraction, like if people want to do pictures or autographs with you or whatever. Yeah, they put you on this sort of uh, unpublished list, right? And so that's the the secret VIP list. And then then what they can do is they've got authorization to just take you around the back all the rides and put you right on. So that's experience you get to have with with Frank. But Frank and I were in the car the other day talking about how Frank goes... Maybe I can figure out a way to hire myself out for these things because even, I love it. See, even somebody who's wealthy to do the tour, you should still need somebody who's going to create the distraction, sure. right? So then I thought, you know what it could be like? You ever go to Home Depot and the Mexican guys are waiting <laughs> outside? So what we do is we sit Frank outside of Disneyland, right? But he's sitting there like on the curb, waiting to get picked up for a tour. But he's got like the two belts on his shoulder, you know, like he's you know to create attention. I don't think he'd be sitting there very long. I don't know how long it'd be before... I, di- always, I always do the Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> What's that?
2: Well, like, when I'm there, I don't want to make the VIP attendant, or, you know, or, or hostess or host working with me's life any harder? Yeah. Right? So, as people see me, and I tell them, like, hey give me five seconds with everybody that comes up to me you know i'll take a picture shake a hand you know mm-hmm. say thank you hello you know the only time i want you to get involved is if all of a sudden it turns into an interrogation or an interview yeah and then if people start thinking that the people start binding up because first some of you yeah even if someone doesn't know who you are yeah somebody randomly takes a picture of you then everybody goes well who's that and then you'll have people that just want to take a picture with you because someone else took a picture with it, and they're trying to google who you are they're asking and then they're like yeah. oh shit i'll take a picture with you
1: i believe um, your exact words because i was there i believe your exact words to the tour guy was if you see a subpoena in their hand yes then we keep moving yeah okay yeah fucking go
2: for the legs right but uh but but i don't post stuff that i'm there on social media it's not that i'm being a dick towards fans it's just at that moment i feel like well why make if i'm here trying to the purpose of the tour is to not jam the park up and get through as 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 smoothly as possible Mm -hmm. for my experience for their experience for my kids experience um I wouldn't do something. And that's what actually one of the guides I was, uh, uh, was working with. Uh, she said, yeah, I had, you know, we were, I don't know if she had him or, or somebody else, but they were on a Bieber was there and he goes and then every time the motherfucker was on a ride, he would tweet where he was oh,
0: yeah, yeah. so
2: that everybody'd be waiting for him at the exit. Cause obviously that guy's insanely famous. Every fucking, you know, 10 year old, you know, 20 year old girl is waiting for him at the exit. Right. And then he sits there and goes, Oh, fuck, man, people won't leave me alone uh-huh. and run on. And acts like, you know, Oh, come on, man, give me a second. And then the whole time she's like looking at her phone, she's all They know where you are. <laughs> yeah.
0: like,
2: we're doing a pretty good job of hiding you. yeah You're not helping us. So i was, that always stuck to me. I'm like, Don't be that guy. Yeah. You know, they don't sit there and go, Hey, I'm over at, you know, waiting at fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. And be like, Oh, man, all these motherfuckers want to bug me. I'm like." Well, no shit, sure. Lock you fucking posted it. Mm, you're
1: something. giving them a map. Yeah. Well, this is how strategic I got with it, Austin. Cause the my, Bieber. My first time experiencing this, I thought, because I asked the tour, see, I'm thinking ahead, right? I'm forward thinking. And I said to the tour guy, I said, okay, hang on a second. I said, now, do you have somebody that from time to time audits the famous list and if somebody's like hey you know you guys not not really famous anymore the star is dimmed a little bit you don't want to get the boot off the list right sure so when we were doing the tour and the tour guide said she at one point did some people would gather around were pictures or whatever i remember she said to me she goes should i should i step in and the back of my mind i'm thinking no because this is good because it shows a demand see uh, yeah. we don't want it to get too out of hand yeah. but at the same time you want prime you the want it yeah. A little bit. yeah yeah
3: it's it's uh, <laughs> uh yeah that's a, that's exactly what you need yeah yeah, you can't yeah. Make
2: it
1: too smooth. You that's know. right all right back to wrestlemania so it yeah. is a week-long event there's all this stuff going. On. i mean for people who have not experienced it mm-hmm. um how would you describe it as far as your experience working that compared to probably anything else you've ever done. So, I
3: mean, listen, you got to think there's 100,000 extra of, you know, wrestling fans in whatever town it's going to be in this, yeah. you know, this year New York. So, New York's already kind of an undesirable place to navigate as is. Now, mm-hmm. don't put another 100,000 people in there. Um, you know, the, the, the best thing is cause people know, you know, the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl of mm-hmm. wrestling, mm-hmm. but and and I think the production is even bigger than the Super Bowl. The only thing that maybe rivals it uh, is the Super Bowl as mm-hmm. far as the the amount of people and staff and, 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 the setup and, and the, you know, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's amazing the, the amount of labor and money and time that goes into creating that spectacle, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, and yeah, it's like, it's like celebrating wrestling. It's this week long thing. And, and so because there's so many wrestling fans coming from all over the world, you have all the other independent promotions and everyone else, you know, kind of piggybacking off that it have been, you know, the last handful of years running different events and, you know, podcasts and interviews and comedy mm-hmm. literally because hey, when there's a hundred thousand people that are ready to spend money everyone's going to show up to try to take a little bit of it yeah
1: yeah um it it was it it was i mean like i said took over the whole town it was i mean there must have been sixty five thousand people if not more in that in that stadium it was really something i just yeah. saw on um a john oliver's show on hbo a ranking mm. Um. Uh. That the the actual value of the WrestleMania brand itself, just the brand of that name, not WWE. WrestleMania is more valuable than the World Series in terms oh. of what they actually pull oh. in at this point. Oh. Yeah. Now, have you heard about this John Oliver piece? It, okay. Do you watch the show? I've seen John yeah. Oliver. Yeah. I, yeah. I
2: used to really well. I probably watched him more when he was just one of the correspondents on uh the daily show the daily show yeah and then i I seen a couple of his stand up bits because I thought he was funny, you know mm-hmm. in fact because he 's kind of a a geeky little Englishman. he yeah. reminds me of Brian a lot, so that's mm-hmm. Funny. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: oh. <laughs> your old a c b commentary partner man. it's uh you should check it out because um the the interesting thing about it is he took on this past week the fact that WWE considers all their wrestlers independent contractors, and in that mm. sense, not different from the UFC. There's some similarities there in terms say. of can you continue to justify somebody as an independent contractor when you are mandating a lot of rules that don't really apply to independent contractors. Did you happen to see the piece, Austin, or did you just hear about it?
3: Uh, I've You know, I, I've watched the clips and obviously yeah. read all the
1: commentary. Uh, yeah. Have
3: HBO, so yeah, yeah. i you know seen the whole thing in its entirety. Um, what are your thoughts? You, thought? do you think he's
1: it, cause you, actually
2: you would have phenomenal insight on that. Um,
3: yeah. I, let me think. Let me actually think before I speak for once in my career, because I <laughs> have to be careful about what I do and don't yeah. say here. Um, yeah. listen, uh, I have a certain reputation in my industry, you know, and I've I've been called some things along the way, a rabble rouser, hard to work with, uh, you know. Um, In a lot of ways, because really since I started this industry, I've had a lot of the issues over the way the performers are treated. Mm -hmm. It's the circus Mm -hmm. is what we like to call it. Yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, when you talk about things like UFC, I I firmly believe they go, well, what's the the bar we have to reach right now? What's the acceptable bar we have to reach? Well, that's it. And no one's one's reached to to step over that bar. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that piece right there you know it's it's something that's been said here and there over the years but never really it's never really stuck it's never really gained any traction it's never really maybe been put on that type of platform um you know so it's an interesting time in wrestling right now the landscape you know you have another re- a wrestling promotion that you know looks like they have some legitimate backing to start up and that's a aew, A-E-W, A-E-W yeah mm-hmm. um you know backed by the con con family who own the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. you know, so, so they're into the the pro sports realm. Mm-hmm. You know, so they obviously see how they treat their athletes, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have some stake in this wrestling company. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how the shakeout is. You got a lot of money at stake, and you're asking now some real poignant questions as far as how the business model has been for pro wrestlers because you talk about you know you thought it'd be like stunt work and, and it is stunt work in a lot of ways but at the highest level that people can't even understand
0: mm-hmm.
3: and, and and when you start talking about seg and aftra and, and and all these types of things you know for actors and actresses and stuntmen and stunt women we can do it all uh and 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 there's awards being handed out for these types of things and big money and there's you know obviously people that oversee that mm-hmm. Why are we not included in that?
1: You know what I think the the universal uh, reality is, is that the corporation doesn't have a heart because the corporation isn't human. The corporation just makes money. It's allowed to be And yeah. this is WWE, UFC, Walmart, sure. you name the corporation. Exactly. And so the 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 equalizer in all that is the consumer. And this was something that was brought up in John Oliver's piece. He said, you know, the WWE does listen to the fans. If Mm -hmm. they get the idea that there is fan revolt over a direction that they're taking, a large-scale revolt, they'll shift directions. And so uh, if it's a loud enough noise— and I think the UFC is the same mm-hmm. way, and I think any other corporation is the same way. So so as big as the corporation gets, I think that the fans have to realize that they're actually the ones who are ultimately in control. They actually have more say than the, the athletes, than the wrestlers or the, the fighters. 100%. I, Richard, it's the same thing
3: we talk about with food. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you look right now. What's happened? Taco Bell rolling out the vegan menu. Yeah. Taco, burger why? King. Burger King just did it. Because who ultimately? Yep. Who ultimately was the ones that it wasn't? It wasn't that's me right. speaking at Veg yeah. Fest, mm-hmm. but it was the consumers who stopped spending their money and started demanding yep. to have these options. And yep. so that's I've always told people. You know, that we think we can't do change. You know, what book can I change? Every time you pull your pocketbook out, you're voting for what you agree with and mm-hmm. what's okay and is acceptable. Whether it's what you feed your kids, yourself, the entertainment, the business practices. So. You're spot on. John Oliver and that point was spot on that we 100%. Mm-hmm. Instead of talking about the things we hate, you know, and spend all of our energy on that, mm-hmm. let's go spend our time and our money on the things we enjoy and are doing it the right way. And let's, and let's build them up instead of spend all of our time tearing the stuff down that's doing it the wrong way.
1: Yeah. The corporation is always going to go just as far as the consumer lets it. And they'll walk right up to the line and they'll find out one step over the line, whoop, too far. It doesn't mean we're going to all of a sudden turn into great people, but we're going to take one step back because we found out where the line was and the consumer dictated that to us. Let's do, uh, let's do some fan questions. You yeah, want to do that, shoot, Frank? Yeah. I tease that. Can you hang out for a second, Austin? Oh, yeah. You got to go. Okay. Okay. Well, it was so nice of Mrs. Meir to bring me this uh, decanter. Yeah. Uh, she, she is thoughtful. thoughtful yeah. She really is. I know. Fucking, and I'm not that. I see so what you see worse. in her. I don't see what she sees in you, but I see I what no she see what too. you see in her. All right, uh, let's see. Here. Well, here's an appropriate one because we've been talking about uh, Frank's uh, debut with. Uh, uh, josh barnett's Bloodsport sport this weekend in new jersey here's a question from mike d on twitter frank he says uh to frank any interest in getting uh the josh barnett loss back now that he just signed with bellator he said uh, some crazy exchanges in the first fight with you guys and the fight was arguably stopped early
2: yeah, I mean, that's a fight that I didn't agree with how the fight stopped. I thought the referee had more influence on it than he should have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anytime you have those kind of fights, and look, and everybody always wants to get losses back. Anybody that tells me they don't want to fight a guy they lost to, mm-hmm. um, no, we're fighters. Of course, you always want to f- beat. I don't want to fight people I've already beaten. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like That's boring. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I've already gone there. What am I going to do? At worst lose at best beat you again and no one gives a shit you know what i mean like i don't i want to go on to the next or redeeming one so absolutely yeah if that ever could work out again and now that uh, i didn't know that josh signed with bellator it's, it's good news
1: yeah that was actually news yesterday in fact they had to specify that it was not an april fool's joke because it was happening on <laughs> april 1st awesome. but yeah he's in and and there's history there and i agree i think that fight was stopped early and uh there'd be uh, i think a lot i mean you guys could that's a main event yeah. right there you could nice. you could make that a, a television main event no problem, so I'd like to see that uh, myself wait can we get Josh I mean you guys are obviously oh, friendly yeah. no, we need you get him, him on the, the podcast guy. okay because we need to talk uh yeah in like in that
2: fight, I have no issue with Josh right right I, my issue is with the referee yeah you know Josh is doing his job trying to kick my ass yeah, and the referee stopped the fight in a yeah. situation I didn't think he should have you know and uh and, and, and I'm honest with that that's why i've always be, uh, some fighters, no matter what, will tell you, I I, I should have yeah. lost that. And then you don't know when to believe him because it's like, dude, you never fucking think you lose. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can sit there and be honest. Like if someone goes, hey, because I've had people I remember in the past come to me and goes, hey, the Mark Hunt fight. You know, he hit you and rocked you and dropped you, but I don't know. Like it seemed like you were there. I'm all, no, no. Mm-hmm. The lights might have been on, but no one was home, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that was a good stoppage, no. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely, I was fucked up. You know? mm-hmm. He caught me with a really hard shot, buckled my legs. The only thing the referee could have done was allow me to take a few more shots just to proof infinitely and definitely that uh you know that I was messed up it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the fight except for added more time of my recovery from yeah. taking a few shots I probably couldn't have defended against uh and so but the Barnett fight's a fight I didn't feel like I felt the referee fucked it up so yeah and, and Josh like I said he's a good guy so uh the guy is such a actually a very interesting person to talk to to be honest uh real astute historian of Pro wrestling, who can shoot type stuff. You go back and then in MMA. So, mm-hmm. like, martial arts, Japanese culture. Like, the guy really is an encyclopedia of knowledge you know and so like to talk to him and then obviously his, his fight prowess is 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 I mean the guy when he's done fighting is going to make a phenomenal coach he's he's probably one of the few other fighters that I say hey they know as much if not more about mixed martial arts than I do mm. you know the average fighter is just a decent athlete or a tough guy that'll step in there most of them you don't want to learn how to fight from mm. they don't know how to fight you mm. know they they know they can fight but they don't know how mm. you know or why what they're doing mm. you know and so uh, Barnett knows the wise all
1: right we'll book him let's get him on the uh yeah, I'll talk let's get him on the podcast plus he loves metal so we can uh, yeah, we can no, talk I, music. Yeah, I, he's, he's very in the metal. All right. Um, renaissance guy. Here's a good one. Yeah, total Renaissance man. Here's a good one. Uh, actually, uh, Austin may have a perspective on this since we got him here. From uh, Jake Stannard on Twitter, he says, Do you think Brock Lesnar is going to lose his WWE Universal Championship this Sunday at WrestleMania and go back to the UFC to face Daniel Cormier? And if so, who do you think wins that fight? So let's do this two parts. Austin, I'll give you no, the I, wrestling I, part I, of it. Do you think now... Bro, I, Mark, Brock Lesnar is at WrestleMania. His title is on the line. And, you know, Brock is always a guy who is letting a contract come to an end and is negotiating sure. and is willing to play one promotion against the other and all that. So is it possible that, that a dominating force like Brock Lesnar loses on the biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania?
3: Yeah, if he's got a deal in place to go. Daniel Cormier, yeah, because they're not going to let him take. You know, I don't think they'd want to have him to be the champion at the time, right? So yeah, I mean, that's how it goes so, in wrestling. I mean, A lot of
1: times, the champion leaves the belt, right? A lot well, of times. I, I just,
3: I just think that you don't have any conflicts of interest, right? yeah, and, right. and it doesn't really do WWE any favors to have their champion. It's just, it's, it's yeah. apples and oranges, man. At the end of the day, and when people try to compare the two, I always go, it's, it's apple. It really is apples and oranges, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's. There's some crossover in some aspects, but yeah, it's two different things. So I, 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 I think he could, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. It, yeah. I
3: think that if they really thought there was, he had a chance of winning that fight, it might
2: not be a bad idea to break precedence and have him keep the belt because that'd be kind of cool for them to say, hey, he's the UFC champ and the WWE champ, like mm-hmm. right? that crossover idea. Yeah. But I think that they know that he pretty much has a snowball's chance of hell of beating daniel cormier in a fight yeah and so getting the wwe's champ getting his ass handed to him by a short you know chubby you know uh, 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 non-imposing looking fighter who yeah, we all look know like the action yeah. figure i mean the, the average fan that doesn't know who daniel cormier is looks at it goes that dude kicked your ass it's like mm-hmm. well that's the second toughest guy in the world yeah you know what i mean like seven billion people there's number two. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's only one other human being that draws breath. that can they kick can that be guy's him. ass. Yeah, yeah. And guess yeah. what? <laughs> Brock's not that guy.
1: Yeah. Hey, yeah. W- well, you know what? Daniel is such a pro wrestling fan. It's funny you bring that up because now I'm working through it in my head. I'm thinking, all right, here's what you do. You have Brock come over. You, you put both titles on the line. If Cormier wins it, have him enter the WWE as their champion. Boy, that's the perfect angle to have him walk uh, in.
2: Yeah, yeah there talk about a guy that, you know, like Daniel Cormier, obviously a phenomenal fighter, extremely mm-hmm. knowledgeable, good coach. Like, really, as far as the MMA world, checks off every box.
1: You mm-hmm.
0: know? I
2: mean, but as far as could he make money at pro wrestling, I think he would starve to death if he mm-hmm. went into that industry. Mm-hmm. You've heard him try to talk. Uh, was it after the Anthony Johnson fight? Like, it hurt me to watch. You know, like. Yeah. He, you see your friend go up and propose to a girl that maybe you know she's fucking another dude, and you're just like sitting there going, Oh man, this hurts just watching this. I remember seeing Daniel talking shit and trying to hype yeah. up. I'm just like, Oh God, that hurts just to watch, man. Like, yeah, it's I'm not, not him. even like a close friend. I'm just, yeah. I, I feel bad for you.
3: Yeah. It's a good point. I, I want to add, though, you know, Brock never talks. He's got a guy who talk, Paul Heyman talks about. Paul Heyman. World. So, you know, so Daniel, if you do decide to do that, you need someone mm-hmm. to talk for you. I'm your I'm your guy because I can talk. I, I but I'm certainly not in the top two uh, percent of the toughest men walking the yeah. face of the planet. So.
1: Well, it, and it, it I've told the story on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. If the if the Frank Brock match ever happened in pro wrestling. Paul Heyman and I have legitimate heat because Paul Heyman threatened to sue me when I was in That's my twenties. Right, right, told me that, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll uh, I'll be happy to, to, to jump in as the second there. All right, here's another good question for both you guys. Actually, uh, this from uh, spinning shit MMA on Twitter is the handle. Uh, you have traveled the world competing. Where was the best place food wise? Oh man, and Austin will chime in with the vegan perspective here in a second. I'm sure. You know what? Honestly, no. It, Doomies, L.A.? Yeah. When you fought When you were at yeah. Staples Center? <laughs> like, I've traveled
2: the world, and I've eaten some great meals in different places and different cultures. And, like, I like food, so I, yeah. I'd i probably have an easier time trying to tell you places I didn't like to eat. Mm-hmm. Well, I can, you know, because uh, I've enjoyed almost every, especially when you go somewhere, people really open their doors for you. Most cultures, you know, you know, especially, you know, that love fighting, they're open, let you in. Um Here's the problem and you guys both know this I'll go places and someone will go this is the most unbelievable thing I'm like oh no this is really good but I can go to a hotel in Vegas and I can find it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to break you the news that I'm like, look, uh, the, the casino and hotel and, uh, industry in Las Vegas, they want to keep everything in
1: house. The world kind of comes. They don't here. want
2: yeah. that guy and that, that couple that flies to Vegas. They mm-hmm. want, they don't want you to leave the fucking hotel and mm-hmm. casino. Right. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you there. Mm-hmm. So if it's time to, you know, think about things that you would have to leave for, go to a show when they bring the shows to you, mm-hmm. uh, go to the movies. There's movie theaters in there. You know, obviously the gambling is the main reason reason they're there and why they want to keep you there. But if you got to eat, they have every, like, you're like, oh, Italian. Like, dude, you know that a famous Italian guy from over there? Yeah, they went and got him and brought him here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you go through, like, the best steakhouses, the best chefs, we really have it here in Vegas because... You know, again, if 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 you think you're keeping people in house at your your restaurant, you ain't making more money than the casino is. Mm-hmm. And the casino like, well, screw it, whatever you're making, we'll pay you five times as much. And now you're cooking at my casino. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, when you sit there, like and go, like, hey, I want to go to a vegan place. Like, so oh, actually, the greatest vegan place is right here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actually, then that could be where you tell in. Are there good vegan restaurants at the casinos?
3: You just spoiled well, my big business plan that was crafting in my brain as you were telling me. This is like, this is genius. Yeah. I'll br- bring the vegan chain to all the casinos here. So let's yeah. d- edit this out. Nobody heard this. Right. This is Don't steal. M- no one's listening. Yeah, no one's listening. Uh, no, uh, there are actually, there's a couple spots here that, that in the casinos. I'm trying to think uh, which ones off, off the top of my head that, that have some good good spots. But what they're doing now is they're having those chefs roll out. A menu, because I do a lot of soft openings or help you know mm-hmm. go with, with a friend of mine uh, as far as when they're developing the, the, the menus, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they're realizing that, again, all you're doing is excluding some certain yeah. portion of your people in a growing portion. So they don't want those vegans to leave either. Um,
2: Their money just as green. That's
3: it. Yeah. It's true.
1: It's actually greener it's because true. of plant-based. Yeah, yeah it's well, compassionate. Well, you think
2: about it. You guys are going to live longer. So to keep, that's right. keep a vegan yeah. addicted to gambling is, is Even a much better. longer
1: yeah. payoff. It's
3: true. That's a good point.
1: See? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. We're actually starting to see it to uh, bring it back to Disney for uh, a second. Jennifer and I are starting to see it at Disney more and more where there are vegan – Options and even just in the last couple of years, it's expanding. So, uh, so there's kind of a kind of an answer to your question. I would guess Austin, uh, Asia would probably be a good place for you. Australia is my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got yeah. like you know Melbourne,
3: Sydney are to the top uh, like vegan capitals in in the world. I don't think I Sydney. knew that. Yeah. Okay.
1: I've also never been to Australia, but okay, yeah, we got to yeah. get you over there. Actually, yeah.
3: Uh, Thumb that does stick up
2: in my mind is I really liked eating in Brazil, because one. Uh, Steak mm. I like um, You know it's Some of the best in the world. Yeah, I'm Poisoning myself But go. it was It was a good way to go yeah. uh, But then also too Like I was in Sao Paulo Right And they have Like and I've been to Italy Sao Paulo might have Better Italian restaurants And food mm. Then you know, I had it in Italy, which blew my mind. Like, I'm sitting there going, I'm in Brazil. How am I having lasagna that is this fucking good? Like, holy shit, what's going on here? You know, and then just, you know, how it is with the immigration. There was an influx of immigrants that came back and then established a certain area. And man, the food was just off the hook.
1: Mm. All right, another uh, question from Armin Yaunus, Frank. He says, uh, When will we see your daughter fight? He's talking about uh, Bella. I, it was a big week for Bella because I saw she got her learner's permit. She was driving you somewhere. Is that?
2: Yeah, she was driving me to her school. Okay. So, yeah, so the,
1: she went and finally took, because uh, she broke her ankle. Uh,
2: Put us behind about a month on her going down and, and getting the, you know, cause mm-hmm. obviously other things became more important. But finally, we, uh, her mom took her down and uh, uh, got the permit, mm-hmm. passed the test. I think she missed two questions, so she did really good. Mm. So yesterday was the first time, or this morning, was it this morning I posted? Yeah, this morning. Yeah. That she drove the car while I sat passenger. And mm. she actually is a very good driver, very yeah. safe, which is kind of shitty. I was telling it to Ruben, the therapist, when he was in here working on mm-hmm. me. I'm like, the only problem is that there's times where she's just being. Too cautious and too by the dot. I'm like, all right, dude, speed up. You know I, mean? mm-hmm. I can't tell my daughter to drive him properly. But in my brain, I'm like, shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the gas is on the right, dude. No. Yeah. Well, what what's her uh, – I, I know she aspires to, oh, to fight, one day yeah. fight in MMA, so –
2: yeah, you know, it's just taking it slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you know, there, there was talks about maybe giving her some a couple of amateur experience mm-hmm. overseas because they're a little bit more lenient with the rules and the age. Uh, but right now, just, you know, keep focusing on wrestling and jiu And then, you know, when, when Carl or Princey's out here, we'll do more stand-up. Um, but as far as, you know, pushing it to where she has to fight by 22, I, I'm not trying to set any records. And that's my kid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I want her to be when she feels comfortable and she wants to do it and it's something she wants. And, and it, look, if she trains every day for the next five years, and all of a sudden comes to me and goes, "Dad, you know what? I thought I wanted, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking her into it. It's not like I'm sitting there. This isn't my dream. Yeah. My dream is for my kids to fulfill their dreams. Mm-hmm. If she wants to be the best violinist in the world, then fuck, we let's get the violin. You know what I mean? If, if they just want to go ahead and be a you know a, 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 a fucking dentist, whatever she they aspire to do, all I'm going to do is say, okay, how can I help you be the, uh, the best possible at that endeavor, so that it brings you happiness because mm-hmm. that's really the, I think the secret to happiness in life is find something you like to do and be good at it. Mm-hmm. If you have those two things, you know, cause it sucks to, you know, look, you might love to sing, but if you can't sing, your life's going to suck.
1: Right. <laughs> but right.
2: But if you could find something that you love and be good at it, man, I think then that's pretty much everything else will work itself out.
1: All right. Let's flip over to, uh, our, uh, to Frank's Facebook page here. Those questions came to us from Twitter. Uh, all right, Frank. Uh, when will we get to see you on Joe Rogan's podcast?
2: Well, I don't know. I've tried to ask, and I, I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of a UFC issue. Um, yeah, I don't know if they really condone him maybe talking to me,
1: especially with I, all the USADA stuff. And. I don't know. It's weird to me that you haven't done that one yet because, I mean, he does a lot of different stuff besides MMA, but you're you're a perfect fit for that because you can talk about a lot of stuff besides MMA. And he's had his number of fighters on there. So, you know what I would say? That's from uh, Jay Stat. I would say you, Jay, and whoever else, yeah, you, you guys should just can, message Rogan, tell him you, you want to do If you guys can get the call. demand
2: there, then yeah, I'm uh, I'm not avoiding Joe Rogan. Yeah. And, and, and maybe on his, Part is just I'm not on his radar. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, a little bit of me is sneaking suspicion that that it might, you know, in the circles he runs it probably is not in his best interest to have me on
1: the show maybe yeah but you know reach out to him of course joe's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world so it's not like there's not a a, a queue of people you know yeah, uh, I mean, waiting to get part, on I'm but just, but I you would be a perfect yeah. but you'd be a perfect fit for sure uh i obviously you guys have history so i i, I personally I'm with you i would like to hear that episode as well um all right let's see here's an interesting one from uh Dank Alpha Frank who in your opinion comes closest to being the new Frank Mir in the MMA community do you see a younger fighter who reminds you of you in any way
2: No I can't say I do and I, I think and actually that's a good thing I feel um I'm a hard act to follow not to, uh, no um you know MMA's individualism I think is something that always attracted me to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that I mean look, I remember when you were a kid, you, know, well, you were a little bit older. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember when we were kids <laughs> we were watching blood sport You know, and then like the whole concept was all these different guys, different backgrounds, different characters, you know, different styles of fighting, Mm -hmm. just different ways that they walked, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's how, remember, if you watch the first UFC, that's kind of was the concept, right? Mm -hmm. It was, you know, kung fu guy versus sumo wrestling. And so, one thing that I've always thought was interesting about the mixed martial arts or MMA is that it's like, oh, it's all these separate individuals. The individualism of MMA is what, you know, again, attracted to me. Then, again, going back to why I was mad about the Reebok deal, because mm-hmm. you got rid of shorts and the individualism of, well, this guy's wearing, you know, cuts off his ankle bracelets in half because of some kind of style that he wants, or this guy's wearing baggy shorts, or this guy, you know, valetudo shorts. And then on that, the sponsors that you got pretty mm-hmm. much spoke to who you were, because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, most guys are not that popular in MMA that they're just having companies that they don't deal with run to them and go, hey, endorse my product. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it works out like how I am. Like, I'm sponsored by two main sponsors right now that I use as far as supplements go is uh, Mitra Speck, which does Kratom, and Black Bell CBD. Well, the reason why I got into them is because I started taking CBD, and you know Robert at the gym started getting involved with the company that does CBD. I said, hey, give me some of their products so I can try it out. Tried it out, really liked it. Then all of a sudden started a relationship with them. Same thing with Kratom, right? Mitra Speck, uh is owned by a company, a girl named Sarah, right? Their company sells Kratom, right? and uh, James Horn is a... Die-hard hater of of uh, pain pills. You know, he had a friend that passed away back when he was younger because of prescription medication. Uh, horrible story. I mean, the guy, you know, it, it made an impact on him. I mm-hmm. mean, he didn't just tattoo you know things on him for the memory. Like it's still and so you know, and he deals with a fused hip and back. So pain pills are something he's been exposed to in his life, even though there's a love-hate relationship, right? So he switched over to kratom. Now he got me taking kratom, and at first I never even even contact the company to, to ask for anything free. I put in an order, got the stuff, and then the company just figured out by looking at my name on the order when they sent it out, they go, and they reached out to my social media, like, hey, are you Francisco? Because that's my legal name when I order shit. I'm like, yeah, that's me. They're like, oh, you take our stuff? I'm like, yeah, your shit's great. I love it. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, I don't have to ever screw around with pain pills, which if anybody goes back and watches Mrs. Mayor's confession on me, <laughs> you know, uh, it's no secret that I had an addiction you know, very badly to pain medication uh, after I broke my leg. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I'm older, like, what, you know, uh, uh, what Austin's talking about. You know, while I'm doing a set, I look like a stud. When I'm walking in between sets, I look like an old man, you know? I'm hurting. And the Kratom has really changed me around. So so then when people look at me as a fighter, I'm in Bellator, now I can put these things on my shorts, and there's an individualism to it. Like, oh, well, let me see what this guy's about. You know, if I put, you know, a Pornhub on my ass... That speaks to who I am as a person. They might be paying you, but the fact that you chose to do that, it says something about you. So as far, I guess, a really long answer to that question, like uh, that's what I love about MMA is that we're such an individualized sport. And thankfully, I don't see another Frank Muir. There's, and you can't be another guy. just It mm-hmm. always, it, it never works out.
1: Be yourself. You know how you know that there's not another Frank Muir out there right now is that no other fighter would have given that long of an answer to that question. No, very few. So it's a unique unique uh, skill. <laughs>
3: And the wrestling world will never see the pro wrestling world's never gonna see another Francisco Mir. No. The fabulous no. Francisco Mir. Yeah. Oh man Yeah, this
1: is this is gonna the, be it. The feather boas. Yeah the sequin gowns? I've been thinking about it yeah. you know my
2: full name is actually Francisco Santos Mir the third it's way
3: spaniel. oh man I'm alive fit that you. on the back All of right. your of your, uh, spell sparkling this in your kindergarten man. That's, that's the what, worst I used
2: yeah. to go buy Mir. it's so much easier MIR. I'm
1: that's like it. my last
2: name I got sold on yeah so but yeah I'm, I'm Frank the Saint Mir
1: okay right. yeah Francisco uh, uh Santos Mir the third sounds like he should be discovering some land like planting a flag yeah. for Spain or something perfect right?
3: we'll get you a flag
1: yeah yeah there you go you always that's your gimmick you plant the flag in the ring like an explorer like a conquistador claiming it for that's yourself it. right and then of course the flag gets used for malfeasance mm. as the foreign object during or, you know, the. know i mean yeah. look
2: i mean after victory i can plant the flag <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: you'll, you'll million dollar man style instead of stuffing the old dollar bill in their mouth you know that's right turn, turn them over and,
1: <laughs> down so, yeah. yeah that's right that's right all right uh let's see here uh well you, this sounds like a loaded question now this is is that steve Gramus? he I'm says buddy from high school steve Gramas. okay well then, He's then it the makes, makes sense football coach right now okay he says who was the coolest guy you hung out with in high school that sounds like a loaded question yeah uh
2: Steve, it was Jason Hales, man, coolest mm. dude I
1: know. <laughs> did you did you have a lot of friends in high school? Did you have a few close uh, friends? Or I had a lot of do? people
2: that liked me, but I was very socially awkward when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, look, my dad came from a different country. My mom was a redneck, <laughs> like mm. so. Her social skills might not have been, you know, uh, uh, up to par. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom even nowadays still like just you know watches her videos, hides in her room, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, and my dad like he's very articulate now but i mean he came from a different country so mm-hmm. you know he's raising me while he's in his 20s he's still figuring out how, you know so like my dad never had a friend mm-hmm. when i grew up like mm-hmm. my dad had no friends as far as like oh there was a buddy that came over so as a kid i didn't really associate well
0: you, you have a friend you know what i mean
2: mm-hmm. like i even remember the first time i tried to have like a, a friend like i was in 4th or 5th grade in the sky befriended and the kid asked me to spend the night at his house mm-hmm. and, and i remember my dad going why would you do that? I'm like, well hmm. no, he wants me to spend the night we're gonna play, you know, Nintendo. Yeah. He goes, you know, and then my dad actually gave me the like, son, are you are you gay? Yeah. <laughs> like that's his interpretation of it at the time. I'm like, uh-huh. I-, I don't think so, but uh-huh. you know, I mean when I get back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: so, no, I didn't have a ton of people that, I mean, and, and not that people weren't open to being friendly with me, and I was mm-hmm. friendly back, but I was very shy and introverted, so I had probably three good friends, like Steve, Jason, and then a guy named Rob, uh, were uh probably my closest friends throughout high school, you know, that yeah. hung out at their house, you know, gave me rides places and stuff.
1: I always had a lot of acquaintances in high school, but I didn't have a lot in common with them, so... I would uh I would you know be friendly with them or whatever at school, but then at night I was off with my with my playing in my blues band with guys that were old enough to be my grandpa. So those were those were kind of the guys I was hanging out with then. All right, uh Frank, let's see. Here's an interesting one uh from Adam. Uh he says, uh Frank, because of how things ended with the UFC and your current situation, do you think they're going to hold out on you, giving you a spot in the Hall of Fame when you officially retire?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think so? Yeah.
1: Now This is interesting because I think you're a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Um, I think about it. I mean, the UFC has people in the, that they have put in the Hall of Fame after they've had some Rocky Roads with. Tito yeah, Ortiz comes to mind. Right, but
2: they've was he retired by the time they put him in there, or was
1: he still actively fighting? Yeah, you, you've always they've always retired. Sometimes they come back, but right. at the time they go in, they're retired. Oh, okay. Now, that's going to buy some time, because I don't think yeah. they would do it now because you're still an active fighter. Yeah. I think they would Hi. wait until you retire. Because i tell you what, what they won't do, I don't think they're going to take an active Bellator fighter, put him in the Hall of Fame, True. and draw attention to that. So I think they'll wait until you're done. So we're really talking at the earliest couple of years down the
2: road. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the good news is that I'm actually in Nevada sports hall of fame and yep. I was the first, uh, MMA fighter, UFC fighter uh, yep. to ever make it in there. Mm-hmm. And so I got, I was alongside the guys like, you know, Mike Tyson,
1: you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Here's one for me. Um, Richard, what's your take on the allegations with Joe Biden? And do you think that will use that against him in the primaries? Interesting question. So, uh, do you know, have you heard about this last couple you of days what? with Joe
2: Biden? I'm going to explain something that's kind of sad here. And this, <laughs> this is why I think that we need to make sure that we really start criminalizing women that falsely speak out. hmm. And I know that there's an argument that like, well, you know, you can't do that. You know, I'm like we absolutely have to be able to do
0: that mm-hmm.
2: because what's happening is, is you're causing this syndrome that I now have that when I first hear of like, oh, Biden was about to fucking probably announce that he was running for president. And now someone came out of the woodwork and claims inappropriate action. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it wasn't real. or it didn't happen. But the problem is, is because it just seems way too convenient. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you that my bullshit radar is on fucking like, Nope. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. That's just, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I, I have kind of glossed over, it, to be honest with you. I was they, like, you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll pay attention to another two because right now, no one has any answers. It's, you know, everybody's just going to be bullshitting about what they think and what this person thinks. And maybe two or three months from now, the real story will come out and that's when I'll pay attention again because right now, it's like it's one of those things where like, what do you think they're going to say? Right. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and debate with you because no matter what we debate, we don't know what they're going to say. So let's just go to the meeting and hear what they're going to say.
1: The allegation that, that Adam's talking about is, uh, and it was made by a, a former Nevada State legislator, uh, actually, Lucy Flores recently, that a few years back, three or four years ago, she is running for lieutenant governor. Biden is there to endorse her. They're in a they're off stage, waiting to go on stage, public around, so it's not just the two of them standing there. And that he uh she she feels him put his hands on her shoulders and he kisses her on the back of the head uh and and smells her hair. That was the other thing she said she could feel him kind of like Breathe in, and he kisses her on the back of the head. So, to to address Adam's question, here's here's my. Did she do anything at that,
2: that time? Is there any documentation that she said anything? Well, no. Then, no. That's my issue with it. Then. And I had this argument with someone. I go, hey, if something happens, then you do something. And they're like, no. like in the Kavanaugh case, right? I'm like, right. you're going to wait this long to say something. It's like, well, now he's in a position where he could affect people. i got to say something. I'm like, no, no, no. Look, wrong is wrong. If he's a sexual predator, it's wrong whether he works at fucking McDonald's or he's the president of the United States. Both are wrong, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what your title is. If you have inappropriate conduct, you have inappropriate conduct. And this whole thing, why well, I just wait? I'm like... To me, it just seems too convenient. Like, oh, they have the headlines. Let me jump on the headlines, too.
1: Here's the best way I know to explain my answer to Adam's question. Maybe draw a, a difference between Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, which are like legit me scumbags. too scumbags. And yeah, there's no doubt
2: in my mind. Right. If you have 50 women that come up and say, hey. This guy fucking touched me. Oh, mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. You have a couple hundred people that say something about you. It's fucking true. Here's, here's
1: how I feel about this. And I, I think that it's a time. And I remember when when all of this first started making the news, you and I talked about this on the podcast. I said, I want to be real careful at a time like this because I don't mm-hmm. want to do a disservice to the people who have been legitimately assaulted. 100%. Let's don't let's don't water They're them down. the biggest
2: victims in this situation yeah. is the people that truly do have issues and don't want to come out. We've talked about that in the past. Yeah they're the ones that get screwed over the most when someone makes a false allegation or exaggerates or takes something out of context. It's like, well, now you're taking away legitimacy because now you have, it just becomes, it's like gunfire. It's like everybody's shooting. It's like, yeah, but now it's a distraction. Or, you know, it's like, you never realize how much noise is ambient going around you until like everything gets silent. Mm-hmm. Because if everything's loud, if you're walking the city, all the noises, you can't pick one noise out. Now you go camping in the woods, someone steps on a twig and you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, that was loud. Mm-hmm. Because now it, ha- it has, it doesn't have background to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, blur it out.
1: The way that, that the, the first thing that comes to mind when I heard about the, the Biden situation, to to Adam's question, is, you know, like, and I can all equate this to myself. So I am not someone who initiates a hug, let's say, with the opposite sex, if I don't know them or I'm just friendly with them. Now, if they hug I've done me,
2: more than my share of awkward handshakes with yeah. women. <laughs> but
1: now here's the thing. If they if they hug me, I'll, I'll yeah. hug them back. It's fine. It's a friendly thing. It's not. I let the female yes. decide what decide. conduct that's is right. appropriate. That's right. Now, I'm not doing that because I'm afraid of being accused of assault. I just think that's more appropriate. I, think, I so, agree with 100%. Right. Same thing. I don't approach women.
0: Yeah,
2: if like that's happened before, we're like if I see a a woman left her lights on in a car and we're at Walmart and she's walking, if I got to get her attention, I still keep quite a bit of distance from Mm -hmm. us. I don't feel like it's ever appropriate for a man to walk up on a female. You know, it's because I mean, one, I'm you know six foot two, two hundred seventy pounds. But I just feel like that 's an uncomfortable thing to do. Let them choose yeah. you know how close they want to get, how close they feel comfortable. Uh, you know same thing with the hundred percent right on body language. yeah, I never touch anybody until they show me what you feel is appropriate
1: i don 't want them feeling like just because they 're a female that I feel an entitlement to just come in for the hug or whatever if we don't have that that kind of relationship but but if they if they do i'll hug back right but when i see something like this there's a lot of old guys who you know grandpas and old dads and stuff like that that might hug or something like that and especially in a public setting like you know what it reminds me of remember in before george H.W. Bush kicked the bucket. That people were talking about how he was. He would tell the David Copperfield joke when because he, he's in a yeah. wheelchair when yeah. he put his yeah. arm around somebody to take a picture. This is kind of that to me. I could see a situation where maybe you know one of his kids might say, "Hey, Dad, maybe let's kind of don't do that same old joke over and over again." But maybe that, maybe just that, you know, and that's probably good enough. I don't want to speak to the specific Biden case, but, yeah. but I think
3: your points, what your point is, is, valid is that again, it goes back to context. Right. And you know, my thing is I used to adopt very much a similar mindset of, mm-hmm. of the being very cautious and the handshake yeah. and the, and Recently, you know, and again, I've, I've been in relationships a lot too. So there was also those respect boundaries for your significant other in that in that case yeah, of what yeah. you, everyone's comfortable yeah. with, right? Especially with when you're in the entertainment industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But you know, now I really just try to treat people the same instead of treating women and men differently because like, I've noticed I noticed a lot of guys do that, and I've done that. When you say yes. hello to a to a female, uh, you're going to address them maybe differently. Again, I I I, I kind of bust my buddy's balls. They call it Google eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, when he says what's up to his friends, it's, hey, what's up? When Mm -hmm. he goes, hi, it's, Mm -hmm. hi, nice to meet you. And so I just try to treat people like people now because I think that's really what women want. We don't – and I don't have any problem saying, hey, what's up, buddy? And I don't want to feel like if I do this to a woman now somehow that's sexual Mm -hmm. because not everything has to be sexual. And and love doesn't have to be an affection, doesn't have to have a sexual connotation. Yeah. And if we start mighting that up and not – differentiating that's going to be a slippery slope that we're all going to be too I'm like like I said almost paranoid now in how you address women because it's a very combustible landscape I will say you know what I'm most paranoid with on that level uh, not so much with women but with children
0: Mm.
2: as far as like you know when there's little kids around I'm like I was just at my uh, grandson's um, birthday party and like I'm walking through and there's lots of kids I like lift my hands up when I walk near other people's children just because you know obviously like I just don't ever want to be misinterpreted and uh, misunderstanding kids scream and I knocked him on the back of the head or something. I'm like, well, I'm just walking. Mm-hmm. It was an accident. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I get paranoid. And then to your point of what you're talking about, different people act different ways, right? As far as age, you got to kind of look at when they, you know, their physical mm-hmm. conduct, right? And I, and I don't know if Biden falls under this one, but he seems kind of like that touchy-feely kind of guy. But not... In my, I never, no predator. I remember I was up on stage because I helped with the campaign on, uh, just one of the people did like a PSA type uh, uh, for uh, Harry Reid. who's was our five-time uh, yeah. uh, senator. So I sat down. One of the people like, you know, endorsed him and stuff. And uh, so we're on stage when he got reelected, right? So I'm one of the people, Dana White's up there. We're all up there, right? And so I, as he's going through and thanking everybody, I went to shake his hand. He reached up with both his hands and like, watch. well mm-hmm.
1: this
2: Oh, and like embraced my face. I'm like looking at him.
1: That's the way my great grandma used to kiss me. She yeah. grabbed my cheek. So he just sat there. All oh, you're in, the yeah.
2: fighter. You know, I used to box. He started yeah. telling me how he yeah. boxes. So, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I knew that about you. I mean, like I got a phone, Wikipedia. You know what yeah. mean? So I'm just sitting there, and and to me, it was slightly uncomfortable because, mm-hmm. amongst our age group, we don't put our hands on someone's face. Mm-hmm. It's condemned inappropriate for me. To, you know, right now, even just it's like ah, that that's fucking weird, mm-hmm. right? But. In my brain, I went, oh, late 70s, you know what I mean? Like, that just, that just, he doesn't mean nothing disrespectful by it. He's not trying to punk me or, you know, he's not alpha male me. He's just having a moment of like, hey, buddy, what's going on? The equivalent of what I would probably grab someone by the tricep and be like, hey, good job. Maybe in forty years from now, I do that to some young kid grabbed by his tricep. He's like, "Yo, grandpa, what the hell are you doing?" You know. Mm-hmm. Whereas now with the hands on the face, so I think sometimes there has to be some flexibility of understanding. Yeah. Like, hey, like, what was the intent? You know. I guess that's my only thought. I mean, you hear them in our, our judicial system. What was your intent? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, like, did you intend? You know. Shit, you can have a gun in your car. What was your intent? You can have everything from first-degree murder to just, well, no, it was just self-protecting. I mean, the gun itself doesn't necessarily mean something. Yeah. But what was your intent to do with such a device?
1: You know, uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway, I will say this, Kellyanne mm-hmm. Conway, Trump's a senior advisor, was on television commenting on this Biden thing saying, oh, yeah, all you have to do is Google creepy Joe Biden and you'll see these photos of him. hugging." <laughs> and I thought to myself— Lady, you need to sit this one out like this. This is one that maybe you just say, you know what? I don't I I probably shouldn't wait in. I mean, can you imagine the the nerve?
2: That's one thing that honestly and like I'm going (laughs) to. I I am very I've always been very back and forth. Everybody that listens to the show knows and I'm a very medium, you know, up the middle type of guy. Right. But not only is just what I've seen as far as some of the things that he's tried to pass, but the one thing that really has lost me on Trump's whole group is that they're a bunch of fucking bullies. The way they talk to people like, you know, the Adam Schiff guy kept saying skinny neck, skinny neck. I'm all you're the fucking president of the United States, Mm -hmm. dude. Like. It's okay like if Dana White says fuck every other word or acts a certain way. He's the president of a fight organization, right? And Trump, when you would just trump the fucking businessman, you could be a fucking bully and be an asshole if you want to. But now you're the fucking leader of the fucking most powerful country in the world, and you're using terms. Yeah, you know,
3: he got elected on being a bully.
2: But you know, it's like you're fucking that. Biff from fucking he Back got, to the Future. Right. I'm like, but got, holy shit, that's the president? Like
3: you're talking like that? He for, got mandated in his mind. Like this is what they want to see. They want yeah. this kind of talk. They want. They want this.
2: Yeah, honestly, now, man. I mean, at first I thought Bernie Sanders. Like I started googling him. I want yeah. to know more about the guy. I'm yeah. probably voting for in 2020. <laughs> well,
3: I, I think it's all. I think it's all a ruse, anyway. So, but I want to go back to. Uh, uh, something that was said with, sure. with the Biden thing, you know, when you look culturally, what was acceptable? You even go back, think of things like Married with Children, one of my mm-hmm. favorite shows growing yeah. up. You couldn't put that on the air nowadays, yeah. yeah, because yeah. now sure. we sure. we cater to the lowest common offe- like offender, like mm-hmm. whoever's offended the, the the lowest level. That's who we have to make sure we don't hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I assume any like old white wealthy guy over the age of like fifty has done something inappropriate at some point along his life because the rules of engagement back in the 50s 60s and 70s were different so if we're gonna go back and look and use like the old fire codes from the 30s and you know i'm saying that we can't go back and 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 dig stuff up and go well this Mm -hmm. is inappropriate yeah it was a different time then and we're and we're growing as a culture but we're not addressing all the issues we're cherry picking a lot of times
1: speaking speaking of of different time how about this analogy it's like it's to me what we're talking about is the difference between you know, uh, someone in like Jim Crow era South maybe using the word colored versus burning a cross on someone's yes. lawn. You my, know what I'm my saying? My
3: grandpa's 92. He says Negro.
1: Yeah. One He's is not racist. One is an inappropriate thing to say. The other is a violation yeah, well, of someone's well, civil well, I rights. You know what I'm saying? grandparents on
2: my mom's side yeah. internally say, the, oh, you know, well, they're colored. And I was like, well, what? you don't use those words, but like still when you talk in those contexts now it's like grandma, you know, that that's, that's really borderline if not straight out inappropriate. Right.
1: But there's, yeah, there's, there's levels. Um,
2: I think that, you hear a 90 year old person say something i'm like well they're 90 they come from a different
3: era and the whole point is is we're losing con- we're not raising cultures of, of of men and women to to put context and intent behind things we're treating everything the same and it's dangerous because everything's in a sound bite and everything is you know it's hard yep. to get context when you read something
1: people are uh, too what i and i think this is just just Weakness of the human condition, but I think people always gravitate toward, especially weaker-minded people, always gravitate toward black and white instead of shades of gray, because shades of gray require deductive reasoning. If it's black and white, when we encounter a situation, I can just go, wait, what's the rule? Do we, have a, do we have a set, a set yeah. rule? Let me refer to the book. But
2: it's backwards in what you're saying. Though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like, you're absolutely right. People keep reverting everything to black and white, mm-hmm. and that's not because they're coming to a conclusion mm-hmm. that's either black or white. Because usually if you take anything far enough, things are very fucking great. It's like, well, this is more you know, or less good, and this is more or less bad over here. Like, There's very few things you say, hey, this is a bullet to the head, black and white. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is what everybody does nowadays is they have a conclusion that they've already came up with and all they're trying to do, like right now, it's like, okay, Biden's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. What can I do to prove that point? Mm-hmm. Where instead of sitting there going, well, hold on, let me look through his history and, and come to a conclusion afterwards and go, well, I might not want to eat, have a beer with the guy. But mm-hmm. I don't mind him running, you know, par- you know the government, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, so. <laughs> you no, know, no, yeah. No, it's just because it, it, it's it's, it's, it's should, should I talk about time. The world's not black and white. No, right? right? It's not black and white. Yeah. Then why what do you guys talk about? Politics. Mm-hmm. We are raised to look at the world as blue or red. We yeah. you one or yeah. the other. It's yeah. black and white. We are raised to think in black and white. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. and so when people can't when people can't <laughs> comprehend gray, we're going mm-hmm. well, why can't people comprehend gray? Because from from the time on, mm-hmm. you know, Reagan, how old was I when Reagan was there? At this age I'm already seeing you are either blue or you're red. Mm-hmm. You're either on this side or this side. You got to pick one or two ways. It is black and white and that's what's
1: you know, you know, you know what no, I man. call that, Austin. I call that the illusion the, of choice. No, I well, I call it the pro wrestling mentality because that's it's it. the baby face and the heel. So it is. Now that's the old way. You know, newer uh, popular characters in wrestling sometimes exhibit shades of gray. Like Steve Austin was one of the first ones where he's he's a baby face, but he plays by his own rules, kind of thing. Which you know, that's the world of fantasy and entertainment, but appropriate lesson in the sense that hey we can see good and bad in the same person but that old pro wrestler mentality where it's or the old western you know it's the white hat the black hat that is telegraphing for you Who's the good guy? Who's sure. the bad guy? And people, I think, get scared when they realize, wait a second, I'm in a room full of gray. I'm in a room full and of, like of mixed simplistic. bags. Yeah. This is
2: the devil.
0: This is not.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and, that, that's, and that's religion for you. Let's end on uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, something uh, a little inspirational here because this is a heavy question. It's the heaviest one we got all night. But uh, let's see uh Frank's got an answer for him here. Uh, someone. uh, Where? Oh, where? Oh, here we go. Here we go. This one's from Jesse on Facebook. He says, "What is the best piece of advice or words of wisdom you can give to someone who has hit rock bottom in their life?" Oh boy. Um hey, look,
2: the sun will rise tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that no matter what I always think of, and look, you have ups and downs. There's ebbs and flows, right? You're going to hit the bottom. You're going to hit the top. Uh, Look at my career. I've had moments where I've been at the very top. I've moments where I've been at the bottom and then been back at the fucking top again. Uh, The one constant is that you can't stop time. Shit keeps moving forward, right? So you can sit there and just freeze and go, fuck, life is just horrible. I just don't want to be here. I'm like, well... You're here, uh, you're still existing, and you're going to exist until tomorrow, most likely. So then that's my advice is to sit there and go, look, just one foot in front of the next. Start just, you sit there and evaluate. It's like, all right, well, shit's bad. Like, what can I do? just start moving you know what I mean like uh, that's the one thing that was really great in my fight with Noguer that I always make jokes to everybody in the second one is that like look shit couldn't get any worse I just kept moving well, okay well this is bad well what's in front of me right now like what is the most immediate thing that I need to do mm-hmm. it might go eat you're talking I mean, about
1: like when it looks like you're you're he's he's rocked you Yeah, it looks like you might be on the, the choke, verge of getting yeah. finished and then you end up one problem at a time and, and human brain can yeah. only solve one problem at a time yeah. and
2: that's why I do things I'm like hey, look you know time's gonna keep clicking on i can either sit here and just and and, and just soak you know and, and drown in and self-pity and i'll give myself a few minutes to do that you know what i mean all right, well, i'm gonna fucking you know hide in my room for a little while because i'm a piece of shit and i hate the world right but then i'll get up and go okay what's what do i what 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 is my immediate issue that i gotta address right now well like i'm hungry all right well go get some food you know what i mean like mm-hmm. as simple as that sounds or as moronic it could be it's like well You're just one problem in front of the next. All right, I'd like to go eat. Are you going to eat healthy? Well, no. Well, why not? What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? I don't have a car. Well, what could be the next steps to make sure that you do have a car? Like, you just, honestly, I'll talk my problems out with myself and sit there and go, well, you know, like, you know, my shoulder hurts. I, I tore something, Right. All right, well, do I need to make a point with the doctor? If so, what process do I go through on there? Oh, you know, what? let me go on YouTube and look up videos on how to deal with someone who has a similar injury that I do. Oh, okay, look, this can be done. This can be done. That can be done. And then now, all of a sudden, you start gaining momentum because you're problem-solving one thing at a time. You know, chopping down a forest. A forest can seem overwhelming. And that's old proverb, like how do you cut down a forest? One tree at a time. So when that shit gets really bad for me, I just start focusing on it. Right, that is within my capability and my power to deal with right now is that tree right there. What about that tree over there? I'm like, I don't know. I'll deal with that tree when I get to it. You're right from here. It looks like I'll never be able to get to that tree. It's fucking Mm -hmm. on a ledge and probably going to kill myself trying to do it. I don't have the proper equipment, but you know what? That's not my problem right now. It's so far off in the future. I don't got to worry about it. Let me worry about the tree right in front of me. How can I deal with this one?
1: I have come to realize about you. I don't think I've ever maybe told you this exactly, but I'll just say it here uh, publicly um that i think of anyone that i know you deal with adversity probably better than anybody i've ever seen cuz you just maintain a calmness like i've seen you in some some stuff where it's like you know where just as the person witnessing it i'm like man this is complicated this is heavy like whoa you know this will this will ruin your day uh to say the least and not that but the thing is you don't. You're not in denial about it because no. that's a mistake a lot of people yeah. will make. Is they'll cross over into. I'll just you ignore tread it. In
2: water and there's a shark there. You can't close your eyes and go. There's no shark. There's you, no shark. The yeah. shark's still there. Reality still exists whether you want to accept it or not.
1: Yeah, you don't ignore it, but you have a real calmness in navigating through yeah. it. I guess. And I think that's is what martial arts has taught yeah. me.
2: And, yeah. And honestly, that's actually why one of the things I want to go back to school for is math. I think math is actually good at teaching your brain problem solving in schools because even though I have a high school level education I can look at the most complex problems that I'm able to understand and if you break it down they're still super simple it's like well there's an order of operations and that's what you go for first if you think about it that's what life you can look at the most complex problem and they're really just a compounded solution that's super simple that just Mm -hmm. well it just this right here is what you take care of. And then you do this and you do that. But if you look at the big picture, mm-hmm. life can be overwhelming. And, and I've had problems, like you said, that have come at me. And if I look at the whole picture, it's like, where the fuck do I even begin? And, I'm, and that's where I, it's like looking at the knot, you know, the Celtic knot, you know, I'm like, well, yeah. just pick a spot and start there. You know, what I mean?
1: you know, I say this to the hookers at the brothel. I say, when you come to me with this mountain of issues I have to take them one at a time. Yeah. Just tell me one specific thing first that that Candy said to you that got you upset, and then we'll go from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I think, you, as you said, you always focus on the things you can control
3: yeah. immediately, not not the things that are out of your control. And then I, you know, one thing I've always gone to, and even the worst of times, what's the lesson here? Like, What's the reason behind this? What can I pull from this? Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. I might not know it now. It might be six months or a year from now. I'm going to look back and go, I needed this to teach me this so I can be here now. Yeah, you get something And And when right, you yeah. think like that, you go, okay, well, I'm going to deal with this. And mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be something, and it's not showing it right now, but yeah. at some point it will reveal itself, and I go, that's why I had to deal with this right now.
1: Very strong. All right. Good one to end on. Let's do this. Uh, Austin, since you are our uh, special guest here, uh, tell everybody where they can uh, find you these days. Do you want anybody to follow you on social media? You know, I've been been kind of laying low a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh,
3: I realize sometimes we get caught up trying to show everyone what we're doing instead of just doing stuff. Some people like to show everyone how they're living their life. I've just been kind of living it. But uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to follow me uh, at Austin Healy Aries, H-E-A-L-Y, that's on my Instagram, Mm -hmm. Austin Healy Aries. Austin Aries on Twitter. And that's about it for right now.
1: Austin's got a great book called Food Fight. Oh yeah, this is actually yeah, how I too. met Austin uh, originally. Was uh, Austin is uh, is a vegan athlete, and he wrote a book about it. It's about other things too, his wrestling stories, but but it's called Food Fight. Drug and, trafficking yeah life lessons. Yeah, yeah. a couple of couple of detours but uh <laughs> uh you should check it out uh if even if you're not a pro wrestling fan per se you're just kind of a fan of a, a good life story yeah. check out his book yeah. food fight
3: you now, find that com. all the information on the website there
1: now are you going to be up uh, on the east coast the same you know time what uh, uh, you know i had friends? some i had some offers to come up but
3: i wasn't really motivated again to be in new york this weekend uh you know I did last year uh, I was there for WrestleMania and I got out on I got out before Sunday I was in for a few days mm-hmm. and left kind of like Frank's going to do but no I, I decided to sit this one out you know and okay. uh next year maybe we'll we'll do something Okay.
1: Well I'm glad Frank had you to to help him with training because my uh my limited time working in the dark carnival known as mm. pro wrestling so many years ago I, i've shared with you austin it's like it can be a really nasty business yeah. not saying that's the case with josh's promotion i'm just no, saying no, no, in, general. in general and so it's actually really good that you've got somebody that's a good person that you can trust when you're entering that world because that. boy that's it can be. it can be a rough uh or yeah it can be a rough scene yeah. all right frank um so uh you're headed off to uh, new jersey for the big pro wrestling uh, debut as i said everybody can stream this on fight tv on uh thursday and you can watch frank take on uh the beast uh dan severin uh, josh barnett of course also on the card and uh some some other uh recognizable folks um frank tell everybody how to uh follow us on social media
2: on facebook and instagram it's phone booth fighting at snapchat and twitter are you still running the snapchat yep you got snapchat going? So, I, that,
1: yeah. I gotta dust off. i gotta i gotta do yeah. some snapchat yeah. I, I just go snapchat's ahead
2: snapchat's for all the guys that are fucking messing around anyways we don't have
1: snapchat. <sighs> yeah
2: <laughs> snapchat oh, and twitter followers. phone booth fight
1: yeah yeah there you go follow, follow us there anyway if yeah, you're so inclined to snapchat between
2: that it's because he edited out all the shit i was talking about. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah just uh give us follows help us build our uh, social media platform and honestly if you're going to do one thing for us to support the show the most important thing you can do is tell a friend uh about the show and that's how we grow it, one organic listener at a time if you look us up on itunes hit those five stars uh on the rating system that keeps us uh in the tops of their algorithms and uh, if you have a moment write a favorable line or two we really appreciate you doing all that so uh from stately mere manor manor on this guerrilla style episode of phone booth fighting for uh our special guest austin aries and for frank Mir, i'm richard hunter and we'll see you right back here next week on phone booth fighting
3: everybody was comfortable
0: They fall.